Hi, I'm Elizabeth Benoist, and you're listening to Supergirl Radio. Radio, your source for all things related to the CW Supergirl TV series and the character of Kara Zor-El. My name is Rebecca Johnson. I'm Carly Lane. I'm Morgan Glennon. And for this episode of the podcast, we are going to discuss the season two episode of the show titled Alex. And since we don't have any news this week, we are going to get straight into our discussion of the season two episode titled Alex. And here is the official description. Quote, Alex is kidnapped, and the kidnapper threatens to kill her unless Supergirl releases a notorious criminal from prison. Supergirl and Maggie have always had different approaches to apprehending criminals, but this time they must work together to save Alex. Meanwhile, Rhea has an interesting proposal for Lena, unquote. So this had a lot going on, lots of... uh, stuff going on with Maggie and Alex and then there was also some stuff with Lena and Rhea so a lot of uh, progressions with uh, relationships and dynamics on the show and the first one we should probably talk about is how Supergirl uh, slash Kara worked with Maggie uh, to try to be a team to help save Alex Um, so Carly what did you think about how their dynamic worked or didn't work in this episode (laughs) Uh, I've been looking forward to this episode for a while, pretty much ever since it was announced. I think pretty, pretty much ever since Rebecca foretold it. Right, hey, right. I'm just no, saying. I was going to say, I was actually going to say before, before it was announced or, and then, or when it was announced and then before when, when it was, uh, theorized <laughs> because I, I think one Maggie, it's nice to see Maggie interacting with characters outside of Alex more. Um, I really liked her and Wynn's dynamic and I've liked seeing her kind of be more a part of team Supergirl in an active way. Like not necessarily as somebody who kind of just shows up and reacts to what's going on and then has moments with Alex separately. So that I thought that was a really nice, it was a nice way to bring the two characters together because they both it's, you know, it's for someone they both care about. So I liked that. And and it's interesting to watch because they have different ways of going about things, you know, and it's, it's not like they both kind of launched into saving Alex and then realized they had differences in how they were going to approach the situation. Like I almost kind of liked the setup at the beginning because even though they, you know, that dinner scene, it made for a tense uh, <laughs> dinner scene. I liked that they kind of established even though it did feel a little bit, you know, I would have liked a little more buildup potentially like between maybe like the friction between Maggie and Supergirl 
you know, and because it's kind of felt like they got into a fight and then literally right. I mean, literally right after that, Alex got kidnapped. So it was like, oh, it would have been nice to kind of see more buildup in an earlier episode, maybe. Um, but I liked that they kind of made the point in the in the show to to basically demonstrate that, you know, Supergirl's approach to things isn't always the best approach when you're dealing with like garden variety human bad guys you know when when you're dealing with people from another planet like aliens you're dealing with you know fort ross escapees deo escapees whatever it might that might necessarily call for like more force but sometimes when you're dealing with people that are just like street level you know thugs or people that don't have any powers or abilities um you know, it's it's something that I think, like, I saw a lot of complaints on Twitter that, to the effect of, like, the show, they felt like the episode dumbed Kara down for whatever reason. And I have, and I don't know if I necessarily agree with that. And I have two reasons for why I don't agree with, with that. <laughs> um you know, everybody was like, oh, well, Kara, you know, she's like, didn't she learn her lesson about being impulsive and running off to things and, you know, and, and not thinking things through. And I'm like, well, first of all, Kara, time and time again, is always going to react a lot with her feelings. You know, when it comes to the people that she cares about, sometimes she doesn't think. And that's, and that's the Supergirl character in a nutshell. Right. That's that's right. what that's how she is in pretty right. much every medium that I've seen her in. That's a that's a consistent that's trait a, for Super, right. Supergirl and Kara. That's like part of her character yeah. in yeah. general. So that that didn't feel out of character to me that she would like get in get in Rick's face a lot. You know, Rick Malvern, the guy that kidnapped Alex. Like she would get in his face a lot. She would get angry you know, she would get impulsive and kind of rush off because it's her sister. Like she's going to do what, whatever she can to try and save her. And, you know, and she's a passionate person that's just in her nature. So I don't necessarily think that was an issue for me. Like, or, you know, not, I, it wasn't like unbelievable that she would do any of that kind of stuff. And then, and then, you know, to kind of go off to what I was saying earlier, you know, when it, when it comes to a normal human bad guy she can't use most of her powers on him because she'd kill him like she can't you know and and i think that's one of those things where like it's not dumbing her down for her to realize that she can't use a lot of her normal methods when dealing with certain bad guys like i think if anything the fact that she relied on maggie and uh, you know, at the end and they kind of started to work together, that to me felt like a smart decision. Like that to me is Supergirl realizing, okay, I can't take my normal approach here. What am I going to do in order to save my sister? Cause I got to go about this a different way. So that's just how I felt about it. Yeah. I like that. Uh, the point that you're making there and one you had made earlier when you talked about how uh, Supergirl has a certain, kind of villain that is more suited for her, you know, a parasite, a Mr. McJess Pitalik, someone like that, mm-hmm. but a, a regular human being, maybe that's something more Maggie can take care of. So I think they, they address a lot of uh, good questions about that dynamic in this episode. 
Um, Morgan, what did you think about the way Kara and slash Supergirl and Maggie Sawyer were interacting in this episode? Yeah, I really liked it too. Uh, just like Carly, as soon as I heard that this was like going to be an episode on the show, I was so excited for it because I do feel like we sort of, as Maggie as a character on the show is sort of siloed into just interacting with Alex, but I think that she's such a great character and she works so good with uh, so many different characters that it's nice to see her sort of get out of that box and get to interact with, uh, with some of the DEO and with Carr in particular. And um, I, yeah, I saw the same criticism that like, you know, Carr was like a little dumbed down this episode or she was out of character. And I didn't really particularly see it as out of character. I, I think it was, we were kind of seeing Supergirl from a different perspective. We're used to sort of taking Carr's perspective when she's, you know, being impulsive or jumping into danger because she thinks that that's what she's supposed to do. We're not usually seeing it from like the outside perspective of the police standing outside as she like blows past them after they spent like 17 hours on the phone, like negotiating with someone. Usually they're just like a spot in the background. So it's nice to have a character like Maggie who is with the police force, who is like, well, um, you know, I'm glad everyone's safe, but also seriously, come on. (laughs) Uh, and I really like that they brought up that Maggie said, you know, some of the criminals are using the like the Supergirl defense, like because she's using such like extraordinary force on these like normal people. They can sort of say like, oh, well, you know, we got, you know, thrown around by Supergirl and kind of get some of their charges um, uh, dismissed. And I thought that was that's a really interesting perspective. Like, how would the legal system deal with essentially like Supergirl is sort of a not exactly a vigilante, but she's not, you know, working for the police force. So like how legally, how does that complicate things? So I thought that was a really interesting wrinkle to bring into it as well. I did too. And I thought the three points that Maggie brought up with the Supergirl defense were excessive force, evidence contaminated by debris, which I thought was, uh, (laughs) was something I had not thought of before that, you know, she may, maybe she goes into a building and, you know, messes something up and it contaminates some sort of evidence pertaining to a case, whether it be, I don't know, blood or, you know, equipment or whatever. Like that was something I had not thought of. And the third one was vigilante justice, like you mentioned, Morgan. So yeah, I thought that was actually a very clever way to show that perspective from Maggie's point of view of, you know, trying to abide by the law, you know, the, (laughs) the earthly national city legal system that she has to abide by every day. So I really liked that. And I liked that, um, even the way Monel was used in this episode was tied into, um, Maggie's story a little bit because he asked the question that I, that I've kind of thought about as well. He says, you know, why do we, what do we even need cops for in this city? And that, <laughs> and that was a question, of course, you know, Maggie took offense to, clearly. I mean, I, I probably would, too, if I was Maggie. But um, it was a good question because I've always kind of thought, well, why, why do they even need cops if they have Supergirl just flying around, saving the day all the time? But they still do. They still need uh, cops because cops have a certain uh, skill level and a skill set that can help them get things done that is shown throughout this episode that... Maggie can do things that Supergirl can't. So I was glad that they addressed that question and then, and then showed it through this story of why both of them need to work together and why both of them matter. 
Yeah, I know. It made me, it kind of, it did kind of make me want to see like an episode of like Law and Order, uh, yeah. like National City. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that, that whole, that whole dinner scene was so, was so awkward, but so funny. And, uh, and I, I like that when, you know, when, uh, when Kara storms out, um, Alex doesn't really take a side. She's not like immediately turning to Maggie going like, I know my sister is a lot, you know, she's just like, you're both stubborn. I'm just going to go talk to her. Then I'm going to talk to you. You know, like she was, she was staying very neutral, which I, I appreciate it. And the, the whole episode sort of hinged on, um, Maggie and Cara and their, their relationships with, uh, with Supergirl and, and I mean, their relationships with Alex and, and, and how, you know, how strong those relationships were. And I think Alex also, this was a great, even though she was like stuck in a, like a cell the entire episode, it was still a great Alex episode. Cause like, that is the power of Alex Danvers. Like mm-hmm. she is unstoppable. She will turn her pants into <laughs> some sort of like flotation device. And also to like <laughs> that she can use for air later on. She will like, cut a tracking device out of herself with a credit card. You do not want to mess with Alex Danvers. Yeah. That's what I liked about it. Cause like, it's not like she, it's not like she got kidnapped and then waited around for Supergirl to rescue her. Like she, I mean, there were several times where she said, you know, like you could tell she knew Kara was coming. Like, she's like, yeah, I know my sister's going to come, but in the meantime, if there, if I can find any way to get out of here, I'm going to do it. So like, you know, she's, she can save herself to an extent, which I think is pretty badass. Well, and in this case, she didn't really need to save herself as much as I think she was just trying to buy them time to come get her. Right. Like, right. I, I think she realized I like, even when she was, um, using the, the thing to cover her hand and try to punch the glass, like she was trying to figure out if, if there was anything that she could do and everything that she was trying to do kept hitting, you know, literal walls. She, mm-hmm. she, there were, there were, uh, things that were keeping her from being able to break herself out. But if she could do something to buy herself time to wait to, for them, cause she knew they would come eventually. Like yeah. she had enough faith in them uh, in both Maggie and Supergirl for them to come and get her. She just needed to, uh, hold on long enough. And I thought it was nice at the, at the end of kind of that whole trial, where you know uh, they rescue her and she comes out of the uh, the big tank of water and and they talk about how she held on and so I, I thought that was really really nice and it was nice to see visually that they were both there for her at the same time like she didn't have to choose she didn't have to pick um, you know Alex didn't have to say I love you more than the other one they were both there and she needed both of them so I thought that was really nice I, I was like the moment when. Uh the three of them are together and she's holding Kara's hand and holding on to Maggie at the same time. I was like, why well, I'm having so many emotions. It's perfect. <laughs> it was just a really nice moment. Like she was like, I knew you guys would come. And I was like, Oh, family. Oops, it's then, raining on my face. <laughs> right. And then, and then at the end when Martian Manhunter hugged Alex and Maggie together, I was like, Oh, and then Kara hugged Maggie too. So many hugs. Yeah. So many. I loved it. Yeah, and I think was there was I know there was a Cara Jean talk that I really liked. Yes. They had a really and nice the, did they and the hug. I I, I, I thought I remembered a hug in that yeah. scene. Because yes. I tweeted, I was like, sometimes you just need a hug from Martian Manhunter. Yeah. Lots of yeah, lots of the hugs. Scene, <clears throat> the scene where she's listening for Alex, which I thought was so good. 
like you know she's like I'm trying to hear I'm trying to listen out for her and I was like oh Kara oh. that was it was really it but it was really good though yeah, I, I had that question, actually, while the episode was airing, because in some Superman comics that I've read, Superman can actually hear Lois Lane's heartbeat. And so I was wondering if Kara could hear something to be able to tell them her, her Alex's location. So I was glad that they brought that up, and uh, even though they kind of didn't explain why she couldn't hear there were a lot of things like that were happening in the episode, they would they would address it, but then they wouldn't explain why something was impossible. Right. Uh, so I, I don't really understand that, but I was at least glad that they brought it up. <laughs> Even if they didn't answer my question, at least they uh, addressed it. So uh, there was that. And I also liked that Alex, even as much as she was in danger she realized that Supergirl shouldn't, you know, she says Supergirl is bigger than me. She didn't mm-hmm. want Kara to uh, make deals with terrorists. She didn't want her to sacrifice her morals or her superhero-ness or her, her good name to save her. And I thought that was very admirable of Alex. Wasn't there, wasn't there an episode in season one where Supergirl finds Alex because she can hear her, like her voice or something? I thought there was an episode where she 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 was able to track her with her super hearing. I don't remember which one it was though. That feels like early on in the series. Yeah. Uh, I, I, if our, if anyone, if any of our listeners know, you should send tweet us or send us an email. Cause I have a feeling there was an episode, I think in season one where Supergirl finds Alex. I don't think it's because of her heartbeat though. I think it's because of her. She's talking to someone. Might be. I'd I'd have to dig through my endless amounts of Google <laughs> Doc notes. I'm sure I have <laughs> sure I have them in there somewhere. Um, but that's that's probably very possible. Uh, but my memory is failing me now. Um, so we sort of talked a little bit about the Maggie stuff and the Alex stuff and the car working with Maggie. Um, but let's talk about uh, Mr. Malvern, the bad guy in this episode. Uh, Carly, what did you think about the introduction of Rick Malvern? So somehow they never fully explained how he put two and two together with Kara's secret identity. Like, I think, except for the fact that he that somehow he just figured it out because she walked away from a car exploding as a child, I guess. But then I, then I think to myself, like that kind of bothers me that reasoning because I'm like, okay, so then you've got people like Cat Grant who are whip smart and still don't know that Kara is Supergirl. Like, come on. Well, I don't know if I buy definitely knows. Yeah. Yeah. No, do do we know she doesn't know for sure? I don't know that we know that for sure. No, in my head, she knows. But I mean, like in universe. Yeah. 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 Like, but judging by that, then he, I'm sorry, but he didn't really strike me as like the sharpest tool in the shed. (laughs) Um, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you know what I mean? Like he, he almost kind of felt more like somebody who, you know, he had, a, he, he planned it meticulously, this whole kidnapping thing. But I'm like, he just, he just came off as more of a creeper than like anybody who was, you know, a, a mad genius. Maybe he just like had a hunch that she might be Supergirl. And then because he followed her around so much, he was like, wow. Yeah, no, she's definitely Supergirl because I don't think she she takes any precautions to hide her identity. He like he like stalked Alex and Maggie. Like, yeah, that was pretty gross. So he was so gross. I don't know it. 
And then it was weird. Like, I felt like the motivation behind everything was kind of lame. Like, oh, he just wants to break his dad out of jail. Get his dad. Get his dad a get-out-of-jail-free card. Um, like, he kind of went to some pretty big lengths to do all of that. <laughs> I don't know. But I did like I did like the uh, the scene where Kara appeals to his father's better nature because that felt like a very Kara thing to do, like try and relate to him on a on a personal level and to really try and get through to like you know to really get through to the core of things, which was the father son relationship. And like, and basically say, you know, if you really do care about your son the way that I think you do, you're not going to let him do get, you know, do something like this. Yeah, that was 100% totally a Supergirl moment. And I thought it was nice that that happened at the end of the episode, because I think Kara learned what Maggie had been telling her at the beginning, that you're not always going to be able to punch something. And so Kara couldn't punch her way out of that scenario maggie was ready to give uh thompson up and try to get alex back but Kara, you know stepped in and used her words instead of her fists so i thought that was a nice change a nice little lesson for supergirl to learn um morgan what did you think about the the villain i guess in this episode yeah he was creepy he was definitely creepy when he was like talking about how he's been following all of them for like a year I was like ew bro there's got to be like other stuff going on in your life but um yeah and and I thought I thought that his explanation for how he figured out car was supergirl was like a little thin uh but then again like again car like seems to take no precautions with her secret identity so I feel like I kind of buy it like I I more don't buy that cat grant doesn't know than I buy that like somebody could uh, couldn't have figured it out but uh, it was interesting to see him because um, I was a recent guest on um, Supergirl Power Hour, like I think last month or the month before. And so I had to read all of these like vintage Supergirl stories. And uh, Dick Malvern um, was a character in those stories. He was like dating Supergirl. Uh, but he was a real jerk. Like he was always trying to figure out if uh, if Kara was Supergirl. So uh, <laughs> I guess it kind of it kind of played a little bit into that. There was no um, tragic backstory with his father or anything. Um, but it was interesting that it was somebody sort of from their past where she could she kind of remembered who he was and and he didn't seem like he was such a bad kid back in the day. Um, and then to see like what had happened to him. And uh, and and it's funny. The actor who played his father on on the show is like, I feel like he always plays a jerk in like every single show. So yeah. like, whenever I see him, I'm like that guy. <laughs> I know he's trouble. <laughs> he's bad in everything. <laughs> he was very good though. Uh, it, good, good and good bad. and good and an yeah, good good at being bad. Um, well, so Morgan, you mentioned the comics backstory and I had, when I was live tweeting, when I live tweet, I miss like 70%. If I had to put a number on it, I, I miss like 70% of the episode because <laughs> I'm so busy, like creating polls and hashtagging and tweeting something. So I missed actually getting to hear his name. So I just thought he was some random bad guy. Like I didn't even like hear some of what was going on when I first watched it. So then when I heard his name was um, uh, Rick Malvern, I was like, cause I, I remembered 
um, listening to the Supergirl Power Hour episode, because I haven't read a lot of those Silver Age Supergirl stories, but I did remember the name. And so I had to go back and look him up. And I was actually surprised when I was doing a, a teensy bit of research on him about how, yes, he does try to discover her secret identity, um, but he has a little bit of a tragic ending. So the, if you want some information about um, uh, Rick Malvern, uh, well, I'll, I'll go through kind of his his actual names in the comics because I think they switched it up a little bit on the show. So He's an actual DC uh, Comics character who actually goes by the full name of Richard Malvern. Um, He's born as Dick Wilson, but he goes to uh, the Midvale Orphanage, and that's where he meets Linda Lee, who is Supergirl during that time in the comics. And he was adopted by the the Malvern family. So I didn't know if that was kind of what they were going for in the show, but that's... Uh, that's the thing in the comics is that he's adopted. So he uh, he does date Supergirl in college or Linda in college. But in the post-crisis era, he is actually diagnosed with cancer and uh, dies in a very tragic, kind of a, a, a tragic romantic way with Supergirl, which I, I found very compelling, actually. I want to dig this up. He, um, uh, according to the stuff I looked at, he confesses to loving Linda on his deathbed and, te- and he tells her that he knew that she was Supergirl, and he apologizes for teasing her when they were young, and they share one last kiss, and then he dies later that same night. And I was like, dang, that is sad. <laughs> and that is a sad ending for him. That is really sad. It's it's funny because the, 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 like the really old comics that I was reading, he was like a straight-up jerk. <laughs> like, at one point... He thinks that uh, Lena is is Supergirl, and so suddenly he's like macking on Lena, like right in front of oh. of, uh, of Linda, like they're in the front seat, she's in the back seat kind of situation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that sounds rough. So when I was watching this episode, I was like, classic Malvern. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I'm I'm sure it, at some point in his life he was he was kind of uh, that jerk. But in the comics, at the end of his life, I guess he he kind of is confronted with um, the end, and he he tries to make it right with Supergirl. So I thought that was an interesting thing that I did not know, which I had to look up after the episode aired. So um, I kn- knowing a little bit more about him. I sort of wish they had used him in another way. Like, I, I don't know if I would have, now that I kind of know his his big thing about, you know, trying to figure out if she was Supergirl or not, like, he would have been a cool love interest, I think, at some point, you know, to explore, like, how how does she cover up that she's super? I don't know. Some, I don't know. Using him as a villain... It worked, but I don't know. It sort of felt like it was a little bit wasted. But, but the actor, the actor was really good. I thought he was he he brought in all of those interrogation scenes, very very good. Um, he was very creepy when he needed to be, and um, he really played on Supergirl's uh, love for her sister. And I thought I thought that made him a really good villain. I liked the part when Alex punched him at the end. 
<laughs> best part. <laughs> she and then turned to John Jones and was like, "You make sure he remembers that part." <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> you know, because they're gonna I, I wipe think... his memory. And then the, she goes, "No, you make sure he remembers me punching him in the face." <laughs> I've seen a couple of gifts of like Maggie's face in the background, like posted around the last few days, and it's amazing. She's like, "Yeah." <laughs> Well, I thought it was it was a nice moment of payback for her. But then at the same time, I'm like, is that okay for them to do? Like, first of all, you're mind wiping his memories, which I, I, I know he's a bad dude. I know he almost killed Alex. I know he did some bad things. But to take away somebody's memories... Yeah, that is and a, that's going a long way back too, right? Because if he if he figured out she was Supergirl when they were kids, yeah, that's that's a big unless, violation of someone's uh, life. Un, unless, have, yeah, unless there's a way that for them to do it where they like, how selective can they be with the memory wiping? Like, is there a way for him, for them to just take out the part where he knows that knows she's, she's Supergirl? That was my question too. Yeah. Like, how, how how good are they with this memory wiping? Like, are they good at it? <laughs> is it like it? Is it like a version of like Control F replace? Like, can we, <laughs> can, can we just go in there and like do a Control F and then change Supergirl to like I don't know. It reminds me of that episode of The Office yeah, where, like, he's wait. got this, yeah, do it. the the one uh, he, the episode of The Office where he's got like a screenplay and he's got Dwight's name, but he changed it to some other character's name, but he missed one because he misspelled it as Dwight. Yeah. <laughs> he he changes it. He changes it from like Samuel. He changes Dwig to, to like Samuel, whatever. <laughs> but then, I just I just rewatched that episode too such a good one oh, it's yeah I, yeah I think red it was, level midnight red level midnight <laughs> yes <laughs> so he's got like all of his all of his memories are wiped over except of like one of them of like supergirl like punching him or something and he's like this i've got the strangest <laughs> yeah i think i would be more comfortable with just just wiping at least i mean if if they have to mind wipe him at least just take out the part where he knows her identity yeah, the, some of that other stuff you're you're playing too much with somebody's life if you're doing all of that. So I I, I do think that there is a questionable ethical thing going on there, and they they kind of didn't act like it was no big deal in the episode. And I was like, what, uh, could you explain a little bit more about how this works? Uh, so, What's the technology behind this? Yes, I, I would just uh, like to know how far you're going with this because it's making me feel a little. Um, queasy um but yeah so that was an awesome moment so uh, we're i'm just gonna go on the working uh theory that they just mind wiped his knowledge that Kara was supergirl i feel much more comfortable about that even though it's still violating his personal uh experience and his life i guess that's fine i w- i can live with it if i have to uh, but yeah, so, uh, I, I did think that he, he got what he deserved. He got put in DO custody and, and, uh, Alex, uh, got a little bit of a payback. So that, that was nice to see. Um, and also Carly, I, so I, I guess I would disagree with you a little bit cause I sort of did like his motivation cause it was not what I expected. The fact that he tells that story about how his mother was abusive. And then when he found out he had a father, he had a better relationship with his father, and so that's that's why he was 
uh, very protective of him. I, I was not expecting that at all. And so I, I think part of the reason I liked it was because it was a little different. So I guess there, there is that that I might disagree with just a little bit. And so we have Rhea and Lena. Rhea kind of comes in and she sort of plays on Lena's uh, issues with her mother. And they talk about Rhea's issues with Monel. And so they have this dynamic where they're sort of bonding over their uh, not so great familial uh, situation. So, Carly, what do you think about uh, Queen Rhea and Lena Luther hanging out in this episode? A thought just occurred to me. Do you think that Rhea, like, Googled Lena? Because I'm like, is, did she, like, do her research? Or is she just a really good, is she a very perceptive person? Carly, like, that's what I was thinking, too. She was, was watching like, oh, TED she Talks. She did her homework. She was, <laughs> she was, doing t- she was watching TED Talks. She did I, her homework. I want to see, I want to see, like, uh, Queen Rhea, like, figure out Google, though. Like, she's like, <laughs> how does this work? Like, Queen, <laughs> Queen Rhea goes on Twitter. Like, what is this? <laughs> well, and if she's watching TED Talks, I assumed that she went to YouTube. And so yeah, I, oh, and, no. I, and I was picturing Queen Rhea, like, going down a rabbit hole of, like, cat videos on YouTube. So that made me laugh a lot. <laughs> Queen Rhea is like, do not read the comments. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I think Queen Rhea would like the comments. Probably. That's she, true. <laughs> she, would, she would eat up those nasty comments. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I, no, I think she did do her homework. Only, well, no. I mean, not. I guess partly a little bit on Lena, but then the other part of me is wondering, is she just really perceptive at picking up on the fact that, like, Lena has mommy issues and she can kind of use that to her advantage in how she deals with her. Cause then part of me was like, well, I don't know how publicly like publicly estranged Lena and Lillian are, or if they kind of just don't really advertise that they're, that there's friction. Well, didn't Lena testify or what? wasn't she going to testify against Lena in court, uh, Lillian in court? Yeah. I don't know. I was just curious because I don't, because I was thinking like I don't know how much of that Raya would know yeah. unless she really did do like a Google and kind of figure out oh like maybe I can use you know my maternal instincts to like my maternal influence or whatever to to get through to this young woman and then I think part of it was you know <laughs> Lena probably got drunk on scotch and just <laughs> opened up to her. <laughs> That's where I'm like, I'm picturing a deleted scene where she's just like, my mother's terrible. <laughs> you know, cause, but I think the two, like, I don't think, it, I don't think it was a completely false. Like, I don't think Rhea, I think Rhea was sincere in a lot of what she told Lena. So I think, I think to an extent, like there is a, there's a genuine aspect to their relationship where they were both kind of being open with each other about a lot of stuff, which I thought was really interesting. And then it creates a different, it creates a whole new layer to the situation when Lena uses her little alien technology to trick Rhea into outing herself, which I liked because I was like, yes, Lena, look at you being all clever and sneaky. She, she was. I love that she, so much. She was smart with the things that she had at her disposal, but I, I kind of, <laughs> I would have almost liked to have seen Lena actually fact checked, uh, fact check what Raya was telling her because the things she was telling her 
are things that you can go and verify. Like Rhea tells Lena that she got an undergrad at Oxford and got a master's in engineering from MIT. And I'm like, you can go see if those documents exist. You can go see if she was enrolled. And so it sort of, I don't know, it sort of bothered me a little bit that the the stuff that made her doubt Rhea were the little, oh, I think the gods, I found you. I don't know. I mean, it's, some of it was clever, but I was also like, well, you could just go and right. see if she was a student at these places. You don't have to, like, do all this extra stuff, like have an alien detector. <laughs> th- and you can just do a Google search, see if she was enrolled at these places. So I, I don't know. Some, some of that I was torn because I was like, okay, well, that's clever. But at the same time, you're doing too much. Like, y- you didn't have to go that far. <laughs> I think I think uh, it was like pretty early in their like business relationship. So like she had proposed it and she was like, "Okay, well, we'll get drinks and we'll, you know, you can tell me more about it." So I don't think that she had really gotten to the vetting process yet, although, you know, I I would also accept that <laughs> for some reason there would be no vetting process. <laughs> but um <laughs> but I think that like she she sort of showed her hand with that with that god's comment. And, and Lena was like, oh, so she's an alien, I think. So I think she skipped right over like the uh, like, let's make sure that she didn't just tell me a pack of lies, like straight to, oh, this is an alien. That was the impression I got, though. Yeah, yeah, it was uh, it was something I, I kind of wrestled with because I was like, well, I don't know. It was it, I, I, I guess I fell on Lena was smart, no matter how she figured it out. I was glad that Lena was able to see through her her false uh, exterior and the thing, you know, all of her lies that she was thrown out there. Although I think Rhea could have really gone to these universities. I think she probably is smart enough to, <laughs> to go to these schools. She was just lying through her teeth. Uh, so I, I did think that that was really interesting. And I do agree with you, Carly, that the interactions that they had with each other did seem genuine. They did seem to actually speak from their hearts and about their relationships uh, that were uh, tormenting them on a, on a family level. So I, I did like that, that they actually did seem to bond over the fact that they had these um, uh, strained dynamics between their loved ones. Um, and w- what did we think about how, because so Lena figures it out and she calls Rhea out on her, on her lies and her falsehoods. But then Rhea comes back at the end in full, like, Queen Rhea regalia and her, <laughs> her full, like, Daxum uh, black attire. And she shows up on the balcony and she uh, addresses Rhea again. Carly, what, what did you think about um, that second interaction? She's using the Supergirl balcony. Mm-hmm. How dare she? <laughs> Which I was like, what did she just, like, teleport in there? Have her little, does she have like a little portal? I think thingy? so. Yeah. Cause I couldn't figure it out. Like they, like they just had, they made like some weird sound effect and then they just show. Yeah. It was like, bloop. There. <laughs> was like yeah, there's a, there's a little bit of a, like a light that, that pops in. Yeah, so it sort right. of, it sort of looks like there's like some sort of, uh, they're trying to portal. create the appearance of yeah. that. She like used her little, I don't even know what it would be, but. I don't know. It'll be interesting. I'm I'm just excited. I was excited last week when they were like, you know, potentially working together. But 
could be interesting. And I, I also thought it was interesting that Lena actually called Kara. Like, they could, oh, they could have closed the loop on it. Like, that was one of the things I was watching that scene. You know, and Kara's immersed in her Alex stuff and the whole situation there. So she's like, I can't talk to you right now. And I was like, oh, man, if they'd had that conversation, they could have closed the loop on so many things. <laughs> Which is why they didn't. I know it was that it was like infuriating, but in a way where I was like, oh, I can't wait to see what happens. Next, you know, like it was it was it was it was frustrating, but exciting. I was like, yes. Yeah, it was nice to see them. Actually, they, they've done a good job the last couple of episodes to actually further the friendship between Le- Lena and Cara. And actually, I, f- I feel I feel like I believe that they are friends now. They're not yeah. just like off screen friends. They're actually friends who get together and show up at each other's place and call each other on the phone. Like, I buy that they're friends now. Um, Morgan, what did you think about uh, the Rhea Lena stuff and where that might be heading? Yeah, I really liked it. I thought that they they were so good in the scenes together uh, as Lena's, like, knocking back <laughs> the drinks and complaining about her evil mother. And Rhea's like, you're funny. Uh, let's be best friends and take over the world. And Lena's like, what? What was that last part? And she's like, nothing. <laughs> let's be best friends. <laughs> it's so great. And I, I like that. So at the end of the last episode, I was a little bit worried when you see, like, Rhea come in and be like, oh, I've got, you know, a business proposition that they were going to have Lena, like, turn on a dime and be super evil all of a sudden uh, because her love interest that was in one episode died. And I was like, Oh God, please don't let this be like the turning point. That's, that's so sad. Um, But I like that Rhea is still pretty much playing her. Um, Obviously whatever this is that they're going to come up with is not going to be for the good of humankind, (laughs) but, uh, (laughs) but Lena's Lena's intentions are pure at this point she's like this will be you know i'm not gonna be i'm not gonna have the same you know preconceptions about aliens that my mother does i'm gonna i'm gonna work with this one she seems nice <laughs> uh, you know you can't be you're not gonna get a hundred percent of your you know your ideas about people right um so lena's a little off but i i like that it's not like her immediately going down a dark path which is kind of what I was worried about because I still think it's a little too soon like I like that they are building up that Supergirl and uh, or the the Kara and Lena friendship like I really I am starting to believe it now because she's in more episodes and we're seeing them together more often uh, but I still think that it needs a, a lot more of a ramp up if that's where they're they're looking to go with her character. So I'm I'm kind of happy that she's not like going into this like mustache twirling like wah ha ha. But I, I will say when somebody shows up looking like an evil queen from a Disney movie, maybe <laughs> don't trust them. Like that's just sort of my uh, like life philosophy. But like Lena was like, no, cool, you look. Like, you're going to murder me with an apple. I like it. I'm in. (laughs) (laughs) Well, actually, that's when I got excited. I was like, she looks like a straight-up Disney evil queen. This is awesome. She looks like every evil Disney villain ever. Um, So I would agree with you that I think that Lena is going at this because she wants to help other people. And she somehow kind of bypasses the fact that Rhea has already lied to her about something. And she's like, well, (laughs) it's fine. I mean, you lied once. It's not like you'll do it again. So I guess she is being a little more naive at this point. 
Um, but I do like that they are sort of slowly moving her to some other uh, position as a character because she's wearing a lot of black now. She's got just like all black. She's working the black attire. So um, that just screams, I'm going bad. So I, I'm very excited to see what happens with them because they were they were spouting a lot of exposition and a lot of big words in this episode. I felt almost a little bad for Terry Hatcher and Katie McGrath because they had to say things like matter transformation and reconfiguration and, and <laughs> things like and things like that where I was like that probably took them a couple of takes because that sometimes that stuff can be hard to spew out. But um, but it did sound very scientific and technological and very complicated. So uh, I'm excited to see what they do. All right. So what did everybody think about this episode as a whole? And this can be your opportunity to talk about anything that we didn't already talk about. Um, if you have any other grievances that you would like to air or any other things that you would like to talk about, bring them up at this point. So Carly, what did you think about this episode as a whole? I liked it so much. <laughs> um, I, I liked for once that it actually was more about kind of focused, I think more on interpersonal relationships on the show. Like we didn't really have a big evil alien villain or, you know, aside from Rhea, like, but we didn't really have, you know, a, a comic book styled villain, anybody with like powers or abilities really. And kind of got to focus more on the building the relationship between uh, characters like Kara and Maggie. Um, got to, and I liked also seeing Lena kind of get a storyline outside of Kara too. Um, you know, because I know we had, she had had the plot in Ace Reporter, which was, I mean, it was primarily tied to Jack's fear, but also, you know, Carl was pretty heavily involved. Um, so it was nice to see Lena have her own storyline with, you know, without Kara. And then they kind of just had like a moment in passing connecting here and there, which I, which I really liked. Um, but really good episode. Lots of, lots of ladies kicking butt. I liked Alex, uh, Alex being quick thinking and finding ways to, basically keep herself alive um like her ingenuity i think and also just and also staying pretty calm in a stressful situation like i thought that was really great too because she didn't let herself get frazzled or upset she kind of just kept trying to find ways to run out the clock basically so yeah i imagine that's the uh, deo training uh, that mm -hmm. she's had to go through so Whatever they do to get their agents equipped for the field, it works like a charm. They are ready to go. They're prepared. Um, Alex is a good example of how they get people ready to go. So, yeah, all of that was great. Um, Morgan, what did you think about this episode as a whole? Yeah, this is one of my favorites of the season. I really liked, like Carly said, that I, I really liked that it was a more interpersonal um, relationship-based episode. It was, you know, we got to see characters interact that don't usually interact. We got the Lena and the Rhea stuff, which was so great. Um, and we got the Alex, um, the Alex stuff in the, you know, sort of survivalist Alex. We got 
and we had the uh, the car and the Maggie stuff, um, which was really showing like the differences in their personalities, but also sort of how both of them had to sort of adapt to the other one's way of um, of doing things to get what they wanted. And I think uh, it was a really strong episode. And I, I also think it was a really romantic episode, actually, that um, when when uh, Maggie takes the computer and is, like, talking to Alex, and Alex is kind of trying to say her, her just in case this doesn't work out, goodbyes, and, and Maggie won't let her do that. I thought that was such a, like, such a compelling scene and su- such good acting from both of them. And now I just really want to see an episode where they adopt a dog named Gertrude. <laughs> so get on that, writers. Well, and what was impressive to me about that is they were both sort of acting to nothing. Right. Um, Florian yeah. Lima had to, I, I guess, either act to a, a, a regular computer laptop or one that had a green screen on. I don't know how they would have done that. And then Kyler probably had to act towards a camera lens. And they weren't even in the same room together. And that's always really impressive to me, that they are able to show that emotion and show uh, the what's really going on with those characters, even though they're not engaging with the other person that that is impressive on an acting level yeah I thought all the performances in this one were like across the board fantastic like um Kyler Lee was so good Floriana was so good um Melissa is always good but she was great in this one too I think you can kind of see all of them getting more desperate as the episode goes on and like I I I just thought the performances this this week's episode were were really really strong Agreed. And I uh, would also agree with the both of you that I liked this episode in terms of getting to see more of Maggie as her own character, getting to see Lena as more of her own character, getting to see Lena and Rhea, who are two of my new uh, favorite additions to the show, uh, hanging out together. And the the Cara Maggie stuff I thought was really nice. I I really liked seeing how they both approached uh, things differently and how how maybe they could work as a team and how sometimes they didn't work as a team. So that was nice to see. I I enjoyed all of that. Um, A a bunch of little small things that I want to mention really quickly. Um, It was cool to hear a nod to Sterling Gates' Adventures of Supergirl comic run. And Kara says that she stands for help, hope, and compassion. Um, That was, that was very cool. I I mean, we heard Melissa Benoit say in an interview that that's what uh, Supergirl stood for. So, I I didn't know if that would be mentioned on the show, but so that was nice to hear. Um, I thought it was funny that uh, Kara interacts with a character named Bonnie at Catco, and I I leaned in a little bit just so I would know her name because last season, when we interacted with characters that seemingly were just kind of thrown into a scene, turned out they had four episode character arcs. And oh I, no, watch your back, Bonnie. So, so <laughs> I, I'm either really concerned about Bonnie or I need to pay attention to Bonnie because I don't want to miss if she becomes more of a thing. So even if she doesn't become more of a thing, I at least want to acknowledge that Bonnie existed, that she was <laughs> in this episode. Um, so uh, that, was, that was fun to kind of catch. And then um, something to note, I think for me, was that this episode seemed to, and I don't know if this had been answered before, but it seemed to give it a, disen- a definitive answer that the D, like everyone at the DEO knows that Kara is Supergirl. Uh, that was a question that I had had earlier on in the season. And I guess everyone who works there, I guess, knows who she is. 
Um, so that was interesting, I thought. I also laughed quite a bit when they go in to interrogate, um, I think it was uh, Thompson, um, and Jean walks in and he's like, Hank Henshaw, FBI, this is Detective Sawyer from NCPD. Oh, and Miss Danvers from Catco Magazine. I laughed <laughs> so hard about that. I was like, if I was that prisoner and I was in that interrogation room, I'd be like, why is she here? Why is she here? I get why you and you are here, but why is she here? So I just kind of laughed at the Catco Magazine. Once again, I, they're, ju- they're justifying it, but it's still kind of making me laugh. As and it. I just love that in that scene, like she's in the back, like mean mugging him. Like, yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. <Catco. laughs> I just, I just think it's funny. Like I don't, if, if she had been from the national city tribune, that maybe you could have justified it a little more, but I just keep thinking about Catco magazine is like, I don't know what would be the equivalent to it. Like a, like a people mag, well, not even a people magazine, like maybe something, uh, something else. I'm trying to think, like a Vanity Fair or something, something. I don't know. What are, what are those big magazines that you see sometimes? But um, yeah, so I just, I, th- I think that's hilarious. Um, and the only other thing that I would mention is that I thought the direction of this episode, this episode was very well directed, had a lot of great visuals that I thought were pretty outstanding. I really liked the. There's a transition of the door closing when Lena Lena throws Ray out of her office and the the door closes and then it cuts to Maggie opening an interrogation room door and so little things like that I, I that I really gravitate towards because that's very creative I I really like that and so I thought a lot of the visuals and the way things were shot in this episode I was like a plus so I do think that this is one of the standout episodes in my opinion. Uh, for this season. I I thought all around it was very, very good. All right. Well, I think that's going to do it for our discussion of this episode, but let's find out what our listeners had to say about Alex. The episode, not just the character, but the episode. (laughs) Uh, At CKinger13 says, best episode of the season, exciting and emotional. Loved how it showed how different but equally great the series female characters are. At Dan Danny says, I'm still hyperventilating into a paper bag. That's how good this episode was. <laughs> From Alex being a badass to Kara and Maggie teaming up to an I love you to Lena and Rhea. This was one of the best of the season, hands down. Hashtag I want it all. <laughs> At Greenspire says, my one eh about this otherwise incredible episode of Supergirl is the fact that Alex wants to name their future dog Gertrude. Hashtag Alex Y. <laughs> But hashtag justice for Gertrude. (laughs) (laughs) At Shop 23 says, an amazing episode, very women-centric in a great way. Loved that even the hypothetical dog was female. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe the writers hear us. At NerdyGeek77 says, loved it. One of my favorite episodes of the season. I loved how female-centric this episode was. Found it funny. Both sisters can't cook. (laughs) (laughs) True. Yeah, they both have their their issues in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. Well, and I also, I thought it was kind of strange, though, because Alex gets fed up that the smoke alarm goes off, and so she rips it off the wall, and she throws it in the trash. And I'm like, what are you, do- what are you doing? Like, you could just take the batteries out or something. You don't have to throw it away. What are you doing? She, I have a feeling she's probably going to fish it out of the trash later. I guess, like she I probably guess so. She probably got so fed up. 
that she just threw in the trash. But I guess if you're if your sister's Supergirl, do you really need a smoke alarm? Do you need a smoke detector? She can put out a fire. I felt like there might have been like a longer version of that scene because I feel like <laughs> <laughs> there was some stuff that we missed with the it. It seemed like it just jumped right into there, and I was like, "Wait, did did Alex just start a fire?" <laughs> <laughs> some something went wrong with that meal. Uh, at Mia Gone Mia says, "Feels like best season two episodes have Alex as the emotional core. Love they didn't downplay either of her relationships to prop up the other." Yeah, that's true. I think you mentioned something like that, Rebecca, where it was nice that it felt like she wasn't really putting one relationship above the other. Yeah. That both people were important to her. Exactly. At Patricia Lowe 13 says, kudos to Kyler for those water scenes. That was a giant tracker in Alex's shoulder. Does the DEO have anything smaller? <laughs> <laughs> that Yeah, that was one scene where I was like, Alex, I don't know, either Alex has a really high pain tolerance or like they probably, I mean, that was pretty grisly. She did use the belt to kind of. Right. She bought, she bit into the yeah, belt. Yeah. So, yeah. so that, that helped, but it still would be gross. But then after at the end, she, like, she pulls the tracker out and she's like, oh, that hurt. <laughs> like she yeah, just, yeah. <laughs> That made me laugh a little bit because I'm like. Alex, you're such a badass, but she just completely downplayed how much agony that she was in. Well, but that's also human. Like, she she, right. sucked, she sucked it up and she did it, but at the end she was like, ugh, that was the worst. Like, right. <laughs> she, she kind of uh, acknowledged that even though um, she could do it, she didn't want to do it. Uh, at the Devil Jack, he says, great episode. It touched back on a lot of season one, literally and figuratively. I always love it more when Kara uses her words. At Swarasali, one says, amazing episode, gave me all the feels. Though season two doesn't have a cohesive arc, it's a great anthology season. Sisters and Sanvers FTW, which means for the win, if people don't know. (laughs) At Mary No Lamb says, this episode was 100% female focused and all the women on the show shined. Amazing episode. So much tension. I adore the Kara slash Alex slash Maggie dynamic. At Patty Mello 20 says, favorite episode of the season. I'm still crying two hours after. All the praise for the ladies in it, especially Floriana Lima. She killed it. At Jordan KWKW says, incredible episode. All the amazing female characters highlighted. Cara Maggie bonding. More please. Sisters. And of course, Sweet Sanders. Uh At Dr. Ange 70 says, Cara and Maggie were lucky. They were not a good team. But hope, help, and compassion and Malvern references were appreciated. <laughs> At Jane Mercy says, my heart's stone cold, but that last Sanver scene had me weeping. There's just something so pure about them. Overall, amazing field trip episode. I kind of like the uh, the term field trip. Me is that, too. Is, is that <laughs> sort of like field trip? Like a field trip that you would like a trip. It's a trip of fields. <laughs> going on a field trip into your field. <laughs> yeah, I like that. I like that. At Truffle Munchies says, Sanvers, Angry Kara, Sanvers, Lena, <laughs> Lena and Rhea, Sanvers, and then three champagne bottle emojis. <laughs> <laughs> this is probably more praise than a feedback post. <laughs> At Madtown Davidson says, I suspect I'm in the minority, but I found the horror movie plot with Alex mostly tiresome and joyless. Some good emotional moments, though. 
I also wish the writers would adopt a new rule. If Martian Manhunter can't read someone's mind, they have to explain why by episode's end. Yeah, that was going to be a comment I make. Like, I feel like the only time we ever get Martian Manhunter talking about his mind reading abilities is when he's like, I just can't read their minds. <laughs> I just <laughs> I just can't do it for some reason. I don't know why. <laughs> We're not going to talk about it, but I can't do it. It's like right. his his most useless power because it fails all the time. Well, actually, he did use it once in the episode. Right, to see if he was lying. Yeah, so he did use it there, but then there was another time where he he couldn't do it. So, yeah, sometimes it's very inconsistent. <laughs> and speaking of Martian Manhunter mind-reading powers, <laughs> uh, at Craig R. McDee says, the whole episode would have been over in about 10 minutes if Jean had just used his mind-reading powers on the bad guy to find Alex. Which is probably why they do that. Which is probably uh, why they meant Right, that. right. And also, I have to wonder if maybe... I mean, this is me trying to like apply logic to an, you know, a, a thinly explained plot detail, but like maybe he can tell when someone's telling the truth or not, but he can't really get into like, he can't dive too deep into specifics without potentially causing damage. Mm, maybe. Cause wasn't, wasn't there an episode where he tried to erase someone's memory or he, he tried to do a mind meld and he ended up, Last season, he tried it, and he ended up really causing, like, trauma, like, erasing stuff. I think that was in Bizarro. When, yeah. When he um, sort he of, to, like, he went too far. Yeah. 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 So maybe they, they've kind of, maybe that's partly him just kind of trying not to go too deep into someone's mind, because he probably, you know, maybe, so he could probably tell surface level if someone's telling the truth or not but then can't really go too deep in to look for more information without potentially hurting someone. Yeah, That's may- just my theory though. Yeah. Maybe he put a limit on, on himself after that. And so he's right. Like to how, invasive, to how invasive he can be. Yeah. Um, at the underscore flyby says, remember season one when John had to scramble a guy's brain and it totally haunted him. Guess he's over that. Yeah. I think that's the episode that yeah. we were just talking about. Yeah. yeah. But I guess, but again, like, Telling whether or not someone's lying seems like pretty surface level mind reading to me. <laughs> I mean, just surface level. Just surface level. Well, you I mean, I mean he can still he can, right? Like maybe it doesn't require <laughs> maybe it doesn't require a super yeah 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 intensive like combing through someone's thoughts to be for him to tell. I mean, let's not downplay the ability to read someone's mind, Carly. That's pretty, pretty impressive. Even if it's surface level, that's still pretty impressive power. Like, like maybe, maybe he can be the lie detector, but he just can't, he just doesn't know details about what the truth would actually be. Mm. You know, like an actual lie detector. It It knows when someone's lying about something, but it wouldn't actually know what the truth is. Interesting. I don't know. I'm going to think on that. (laughs) Uh, At B2 and Bat Books, says some may say why didn't Kara use her powers to find Alex for the rescue but as written I thought this is one of the top five all-time episodes at Chris Fundalinski says so I guess everyone at the DEO does know the identity of Supergirl do you think they had to sign a non-disclosure about her identity (laughs) yeah I, I, I would assume that's part of the interview process now some probably and then they have to file it with Linda and HR yeah oh yeah I forgot about her (laughs) we need to follow follow up on her 
in addition to the like Law and Order like National City episode, I want I just want to follow around Linda in HR. <laughs> that would that would actually be a really cool episode. I would be into that. See, Linda or Pam or whoever it is, Pam. And <laughs> yeah, Linda. I, I think it is Pam because Pam. people are joking oh, yeah. about the connection the to the office. Um, well, and that too. Yeah, so I, I, I really think that would be a cool episode if there was like a thing where it was like Pam's perspective. Like Pam is this, this, the episode revolves around Pam. Something goes down at the DEO and we're just with Pam the whole time. I would be right. so into that episode. <laughs> let's, let's make that happen. At Coffin Roman says, love the Cara slash Maggie dynamic. It's so real. Something I can relate to with my own sister and her partner this is my favorite episode of the season. Uh, at Kaya underscore Matsui says, best episode of the season. So much Sanvers and Danvers sisters feelings. I can't deal. Also, I'm in love with Rhea. At Anne Fernie Fuzzy says, not to be nitpicky, but didn't we resolve Kara's impulsiveness towards situations back in the first Flash crossover? Which I think we kind of talked about that already. Like, when it comes to people she cares about, Kara's... Kara's going to go feelings first a lot of times. Yeah, there's there's no resolving her impulsiveness. That's just part yeah, of who that's she is. Supergirl. Yeah. yeah, it's just Supergirl. Um, at Seal Stan says, thank the gods that Lena picked up on that line. Hashtag clever. Uh, at Corey Marie 21 says, Rick Dick Malvern is all I'm <laughs> screaming about. <laughs> Which, when you think about it, Richard... Flash Rick is another way to shorten for Dick. Yeah, that's is, right. R- Richard, is, <laughs> uh, the name Dick is usually it's short for Richard. Right, right, mm-hmm. right. That's that's what I meant to say. Um, <laughs> it would have been kind of funny if they had named him Dick Malvern, though. <laughs> <laughs> Missed opportunity. Missed opportunity. At just Doug seventy seven, just tweeted a Kermit the Frog flailing gif at us. <laughs> <laughs> us too, Doug. <laughs> Perfect response. We have an email from Susan who writes, "Kudos on last week's podcast. While I of course miss Carly and Morgan, Chris was a great guest. He's clearly a fan of the show, and while I cannot condone him being a fan of Monel, <laughs> I appreciate the different perspective that he offered on the rest of the season. He came up with ideas which are interesting and inadvertently identified blind spots for me in the fun of speculating how things will play out. Since I cannot conjure up a world where Monel behaves like a hero unless it is in service of his permanent exit from the universe. <laughs> <laughs> oh, rough. Um, about this week, something interesting occurred to me between last week's episode and this week's. An unintended side effect of the Monel Kara storyline is that Alex has become my favorite character on the show this season. I love Lena and I liked last week, but I missed Alex in that episode. This week brought out everything about Alex's character that I appreciate as a viewer, even if she did not have a huge amount of screen time. Badass Alex, the way she manages her relationships with her sister and Maggie, her integrity in doing the right thing, even if it means she might die as a result, and the humor value added by some of her lines and actions, like that final punch, not to mention the way she inspires others. Can we talk about um, how great it was when um, here to far Wimpy Win jumped in between... Malvern and Alex at the end and told him not to talk to her. I think the difference may be because even though Alex Maggie has been a big storyline this year, that relationship struck the right balance and has not taken over the Alex character and role in the episodes in the same way Monel has taken over Kara's. 
Yeah, that's a fair point. The I think in some ways, even though I think at the beginning for me, the the Maggie Alex storyline was it was a little I don't know I, I wasn't quite into it at the beginning because of the way it was written and the way it kind of went so quickly um I do think it has been handled a, a slightly better in some ways uh between uh Monel and Cara although I think Monel and Cara have kind of taken a little longer to get to their situation which I like so I think there's some pros and cons to that but I do think that the point uh that Alex seems to be the heart of these episodes and and why she makes these episodes better I I think is a good one because um in a lot of episodes of Supergirl the the ones I like the most are the ones that focus on the car and Alex uh relationship so it's it's nice to to kind of bring that back a little bit I think that's been missing in in a few uh episodes this season so I would agree to that uh We also have an email from a listener named Alex, fittingly, about this episode, Alex, who writes, quote, More than most other superheroes, Supergirl and Superman have always demonstrated a message of hope, optimism, and bringing out the best in people. I am glad Supergirl went back to that theme in this episode. Carr appealing to the bad guy's father's humanity to reveal where Alex was being held was a nice touch. And uh, Alex mentions uh, this about uh, Queen Rhea. So Queen Rhea is around a few is around a few days and she effortlessly assimilates to earth culture to the point she can develop a relationship with Lena. Monel, on the other hand, has been around for months and still says and does stupid things. Any goodwill I had for Monel went out of the window in this episode. At the dinner party at Alex's apartment, he demeans the role of police in front of Maggie and follows that up by referring to himself as a superhero. But when the crisis arises and everyone else in the show frantically uses whatever skills they have to rescue Alex, Monel basically does nothing but hang around the DO with his arms folded. I know people keep saying he is going to be a hero this season, but when? Unquote. Yeah, I mean that's a, that's a fair point because Monel has pretty much the same powers technically as Kara does. Um, even though they don't show it much, which I think is unfortunate in, in terms of his character. Like, he could do a lot of things, and they don't... Maybe it's a budgetary reason that they, they can't allow him to kind of jump in because they need... <laughs> maybe they need the, the money for the special effects to go somewhere else. I don't know. Um, but, yeah, so I, I, I did think that his... The way he handled that situation with Maggie... He kind of realized, I think, maybe that he said something boneheaded. Uh, but, yeah, that was an unfortunate comment that he made. Wow, now. My favorite thing, though, is people tweeting that gif at us of just Alex oh, and Maggie. Oh, so good. <laughs> Alex and Maggie's reaction faces as soon as he started talking in the scene. <laughs> <laughs> the fact that he took two pieces of pizza on his way out the door. <laughs> well, I mean... Make me laugh a little bit. I was like, "You said amazing." Go. I think I probably would too if I if I came to eat dinner and then dinner got botched and then I was hungry and I had to leave really quickly. I probably would snag two pieces and go. I mean, I can't fault him for that. No, I didn't. I mean, it was it was just it cracked me up. Just that little that little you know <laughs> that subtle up. like the little subtle you know humor in that is just funny to me. Yeah, that that added a little to his character. Also, for whatever reason, the subtitle, like the closed captions on my TV, we're still calling him Mike, which I thought was really weird. I was like, didn't we abandon that name for him like months ago? 
now I'm gonna like I'm gonna write into the closed caption captioners <laughs> and, and request that they call him Bob Gob. Yeah. <laughs> People will be so confused, but oh, I'll Mike. be so happy. Yeah. <laughs> he was calling him Mike in the scene and I was like, What? Who's Mike anymore? <laughs> I don't, yeah, I don't know why they would do that. Weird. I don't it know. Weird. Random, but. Uh, so before we wrap up our feedback, we have some snap judgment questions sent in by our listeners. I feel, I feel like somebody should snap. We need a we need a sound effect. I'll try to work on some sort of <laughs> snapping sound effect put in. Okay, so from at TV Freak in a Box. Who would you keep for season three? Lillian or Rhea? Rebecca, go first. Ugh, Rhea. Uh, Morgan. Lillian. I will say Lillian Luther. Mm. That's a tough one. That was so tough. Yeah, that was, that was tough. <laughs> well, you tw- you tweeted that one at us earlier today, Rebecca, and I've been thinking about it all day. <laughs> <laughs> It's this a Sophie's a choice. This is not a snap judgment. A lot of time now. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, the rules are that we can't explain it, so we can't explain why we chose what we chose. Right, we just have to right. live with the consequences. We just have we to just, live with our choice. We just have to live with it. Uh, okay, strongest duo. Alex versus vegan ice cream or Kara versus Kale? Rebecca, go. Uh, Alex versus vegan ice cream. Morgan? Yeah, also the vegan ice cream. Yeah, I'm going to say Alex versus vegan ice cream. <laughs> it feels like Carl only talked about not liking kale this episode. Like, I was like, I didn't know she was so anti-kale until now. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't, th- I don't think we've heard That anything. seemed like it came out of nowhere. Plus, I was like, Cara, you're going to like a kombucha place. Like, why are you against anti-kale all of a sudden? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm actually glad that she's eating kale Versus eating donuts. That's much healthier for her. So I appreciate that. <laughs> okay. Uh, should Maggie and Alex's dog be named Gertrude or Crypto? Rebecca, go. Oof, Gertrude. Morgan? Gertrude. Yeah, Gertrude. <laughs> uh, we also have a question from at Patricia Lowe 13. Which game do you want to see everyone, the whole cast, play on game night? Which I'm assuming it's like game night at Kara's house or something. Yeah, I think so. Twister or Speak Out? Wait, I don't know. I haven't what heard is, Speak I've Out. I've never heard of Speak Out. I yeah, I was going to ask that. I don't, th- <laughs> I don't think I know that either. Let's look it up. You've stumped us all. <laughs> speak Out. This Oh, the Speak Out game brings family and friends together for laugh out loud fun as players try to say different phrases while wearing a mouthpiece that won't let them shut their mouth. Uh, <laughs> That sounds oh. a little scary. It does sound a little scary. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Rebecca. Well, in that case, speak out. Morgan? Uh, oh, my God. I just looked up images of it. Do, <laughs> do that, by the way. Do that in your spare time. Speak <laughs> out now. <laughs> I'm going to say Twister. It's terrifying. Classic. <laughs> I can't look away. <laughs> okay. Uh, next question is from at Truffle Munchies. Would you dare to try Alex's cooking or Cara's baking? Rebecca. Cara's baking. Morgan. Cara's baking. I'll say Alex's cooking. Uh, from at Mrs. Underscore Eek. 
uh, guest star Tom Welling as a bad guy or Michael Rosenbaum as a good guy? Mm. Rebecca. Tom Welling is a bad guy. Morgan. Michael Rosenbaum is a good guy. Hmm. This is a hard one for me. It is a hard one. Um, I'm going to say Michael Rosenbaum is a good guy. From at Madtown Davidson, would you rather car a quick change into Supergirl by hopping into an old phone booth or by spinning in place Wonder Woman style? Oh. <laughs> Which Rebecca. she she did that once uh, once this season. When did she do the? Did she the spinning in place? She did it once. I thought so in that in that first episode. Welcome to Earth with Linda Carter. Oh, that's right. She did do that. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna go phone booth. Morgan. Phone booth. Yeah, I'm gonna say phone booth too. Three for three. Uh, also, also, last question is from uh, at Madtown Davidson. Who would you rather grab a drink with, Lyra or Monel? Rebecca. Monel. Morgan. Lyra. <laughs> I'm gonna. You know what? I'm gonna shock everybody. I'm gonna say Monel. Whoa! What? <laughs> I'll just drink a lot. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Well, he he would he would serve as a bartender, right? So you could probably, That's, if you wanted to drink some, you know, either a lot or a variety of things, he could he could hook you up. Probably, he Maybe. is a mixologist. He is so you that that could probably play to your benefit if if you were into that. Oh, I'm just bummed it wasn't like. It wasn't like Brian. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Well, then we would have all gone with Brian. They know us by now. <laughs> well, thanks everybody. I, I kind of put that, uh, put out a tweet saying, Hey, send us some snap judgment questions. And we got a ton of them. So it was great. So those are a lot of fun. So thank you guys for sending those. Well, I think that's going to do it for our listener feedback section. So if you would like to contact Supergirl radio, like all of these uh, kind and wonderful people did. You can email us at supergirlradio at gmail.com. You can post a comment on our website at supergirlradio.com. If you'd like to leave us a voicemail, you can call at 678-718-7252. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram and Twitter, all at supergirlradio. You can listen to us on Google Play and iHeartRadio, and we have become a literal Supergirl Radio on Spotify, so you can check out our playlist And we are also listed on DC's fan page, which you can find at dccomics.com forward slash DC fans. DC dash fans. Sorry. There's a dash in there. (laughs) Got to make sure you put the dash in. We are available on iTunes and Stitcher. So if you have time, we encourage you to give us a rating and write a review, both of which are important because as as I have learned from other podcast hosts, it actually helps more people find the show, which is a good thing. And we're a part of the DCTV Podcast Network, so make sure to follow at DCTV Podcast on Twitter and like DCTV Podcast on Facebook. And uh, you can follow me personally on Twitter at DerbyKid. That's D-E-R-B-Y-K-I-D. I'm also on Instagram at the Derby Kid. That's T-H-E-D-E-R-B-Y-K-I-D. And you can watch videos of mine over at YouTube.com forward slash DuckMilkProd. That's D-U-C-K-M-I-L-K-P-R-O-D. You can follow me on Twitter at my name, Carly Lane. Uh, I am writing over at Nerdist, covering shows like Supergirl. Hey. Uh, hey. Also, also The Handmaid's Tale uh, and some other TV stuff. And also writing over at Sci-Fi Wire, mostly right now covering Into the Badlands, 
which is on AMC. Uh, recently, uh, did a little guest spot on a podcast that I really love and deserves a lot of love from people, especially people that are fans of Cat Grant slash Calista Flockhart, <laughs> <laughs> because it is all about her in real life husband, Harrison Ford. Uh, it's called the Fordcast podcast, and they are basically going through all of Harrison Ford's uh, movies, his fil- his filmography. So I did a dual episode with them talking both about the 1995 movie Sabrina that he was in and also a special Star Wars celebration related episode for May the 4th, which is Star Wars Day, which is May the 4th, which is the day this episode is coming out. <laughs> so, <laughs> Did, like, like, like it was planned that way, but it wasn't. It was not planned that way. <laughs> it, was, it was not planned, and yet it was. Just very fortuitous. The universe planned it for yeah. us. <laughs> one of my one of my good friends, her birthday is actually tomorrow, and I'm like, your birthday is Star Wars Day? That is awesome. <laughs> does she like Star Wars? That's the important question. She does, but she's not not as much as me. But she still, <laughs> she likes it, but she's not like, you know. D- does she deserve her birthday is the question. No, the question is, does Star Wars deserve her birthday? That's the mm-hmm. question. Then she should be asking. Now she appreciates the. Uh, she it doesn't bother her to share it. <laughs> um, and you can find me on Twitter. I'm at Mojotastic. That's M O J O T A S T I C. Uh, I'm also um, a co-host of the Legends of Tomorrow podcast. The season's over, so we're kind of uh, we've kind of wound down to. Uh, monthly podcast but we still have some fun stuff coming up uh, so you, you should still check that out as always watch the show don't but listen to the podcast you can def- <laughs> you can definitely binge listen to the podcast even if you haven't yes, watched yes. the season you don't have to binge watch the show but it is on netflix if you want to watch the show you know just so you can enjoy the podcast more <laughs> i mean it, it's, that is available for you um, I love that I'm the also, show like uh, heightens the enjoyment of the podcast. <laughs> the, podcast. Uh, the show loves us, I'm sure. Uh, <laughs> I'm also uh, doing some writing over at Buddy TV. I'm covering uh, Pretty Little Liars. So I know that some people actually did tweet that they were fans of, of both of those shows. So if you, if you enjoy Pretty Little Liars... Uh, you should check that out. I'm recapping the the final 10 episodes. It's very, very emotional. As usual, it's very crazy. So um, you should check that out. <laughs> are, are they are they still lying? Is that a thing? Again, I don't watch the show, so I don't know if they actually are lying or if people just say that they're lying. I don't know. <laughs> Uh, spoiler spoiler alert, Monel is A. <laughs> Monel is A. Yes. I'm I'm all in on that. I mean, I'm not sure he could pull it off, but it, it seems possible. I just feel Anything like I, I don't want to like call anyone A at this point. I know, I know. Everyone is A. I like saying Dan Humphrey is A. <laughs> that's, that's a deep cut gossip girl shout out for those of you curious. Oh man. All right. Well, um, if you would like to hang out for a quick spoiler section, we'll be doing that after our theme music. But until then, I'm still Rebecca Johnson. I'm still Carly Lane. And I'm still Morgan Glennon. And remember to make sure you look before you leap.
everything that happens from now on is your doing. Every city that burns, every, every child that cries out, why is happening? The answer is Supergirl. And we are back. And what you just heard was the audio for what's coming up on Supergirl. The next episode is called City of Lost Children. The official description reads, quote, When an alien attacks National City, Supergirl and the DEO learn the alien is a Forian, an otherwise peaceful race with telekinetic powers. Guardian gets a lead on the Forian's address, but instead of finding the culprit, he finds a very scared boy named Marcus, guest star Lonnie Chavis. Marcus will only trust James, so it is up to Guardian to stop the attacks on the city. Reyes' plan escalates, unquote. So uh, there's there's a whole lot of stuff about James, and at the very end it says, oh, and Reyes doing something too, which I think is funny. <laughs> um, so this seems like a very heavy Guardian slash James episode. Um, so what does everybody think about this, and what are you most excited about? Uh, Carly, we'll start with you. It looks really good from the trailer. I um, I recognize the actor that plays Marcus, uh, Lonnie Chavis, because he's uh, he's on This Is Us. He plays a young uh, oh my gosh, I'm blanking on the actor. He Randall. plays yes, he, <laughs> just the yes, character's name. Yes, he plays a young Randall who, in as the grown up, is played by um, Sterling Sterling K Brown. Yes, you more like Sterling Bay Brown. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> He's a very good young actor, though. Um, makes me cry a lot, and it, and I think I'm really excited to just see the dynamic between hims and James, hims, hims and James, <laughs> him and James. Um, you know, to see how uh, James potentially mentors like a young boy, maybe forms a good relationship with him. I I wonder maybe the Forian, you know, the boy is the alien. Maybe, could be. That's my theory. Like the, the the little boy actually is the alien, um. But and then it looks like Ray is up to some shenanigans, and she and Supergirl are punching each other with Monel conveniently nowhere in sight. I'm like, <laughs> what, what is happening right now? Um, but whatever. I'm always here for like Terry Hatcher, just kind of kicking butt in scenes. Like, I'm whatever. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's all you really need in that equation, in that part of the storyline. Uh, yep. Mor- Morgan, what are you most uh, looking forward to in this episode? Yeah, I'm also excited to see uh, Lonnie Chavis because I, I also watch This Is Us, and he's great on that show. Um, I'm excited to see what they're going to do with this Guardian storyline because I think I swing wildly between, like, being irritated with the Guardian storyline and... And then sometimes wholesale forgetting James is on the show. Uh, (laughs) It's rough. Uh, I would, you know, I feel like they still don't know quite what to do with his character. So anything that looks like it is a James storyline, James story, but also um, interesting. I am, I am in for, it looks like it could, um, could go in some interesting um, directions also, Terry Hatcher, as always, Terry Hatcher. <laughs> I don't think I have to ex- describe that. No, more. no, you don't. You don't have to explain that at all. I, I think everybody understands your sentiment there. Uh, yeah, I would. Uh, I would echo that. I'm very excited about this storyline with uh, this little 
uh, scared boy named Marcus who is going to some somehow form a, a bond with Guardian. And it's it's interesting that Guardian seems to be the only one he trusts. I think that's uh, that's interesting. Uh, I don't know if he won't trust Supergirl. I don't know if if that will be the case. But I'm I'm looking forward to seeing an episode with James because I think a James centric episode will help me personally <laughs> with with what's been going on with uh, James and Guardian this season been having a lot of trouble with it so I think that this I'm hoping this will go a long way to to give him some character development and give him some uh, screen time and some some story time and some character time so I, I'm looking forward to seeing um, what Makad will do with this because I, I think he's a good actor he just doesn't get much to do so very much looking forward to uh, seeing what they do with James. Well, I think that's going to do it for our spoiler section. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back with a new episode discussion next time on Supergirl Radio.